the good part about AI and the bad part about AI is it's almost like a little bit of magic uh, that you give this all data to this AI algorithms and it can actually find the behaviors and the math itself. You don't give it any like, I'm not telling it it's the wind speed divided by the angle of the table or whatever. I just provide the data. Johan, CTO of Misproven. Welcome to Shit You Wish Your Building Did, our podcast, of course. Um, yeah, I just really wanted to have um, a conversation with you. Um, been uh, watching your company for a while now. I think you're doing some really interesting things. And it really fits in with kind of our ethos here about having discussions, of course, about technology uh, within the built environment and how you know, we're using it and specifically today, right, um, to talk about artificial intelligence. It's something that we've been looking at in our research and, of course, like you guys being experts in it. So we have a quite ambitious goal. We basically want to save the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And our vision is like reduce the the real estate sector should reduce their carbon footprint by 1%. It sounds like a small uh, goal or vision, but it's quite, it's quite big. Uh, so everything we do is having that in mind, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell you a little bit why we have chosen Mjusbuen as a, as the name. Um, so it's a bird, um, Bartil Gottwit, it is called in English, uh, and it has. There's been like research on this uh, bird, uh, and it does a non-stop fly between. New Zealand and Alaska, um, so without sleeping or anything. And the reason, and it's the longest, the bird that can fly the longest. And the, the reason is that it's very good with the energy reserves or the fat in, in, the, in the bird. And it also makes like this uh, good decisions, which seems kind of like weird, but it flies against the wind for a long time to get up to the jet streams. Mm-hmm to make a, a faster flight or and so on. So we think it's both a little bit smart and also good with uh, and energy efficient. energy efficiency. Great name. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and where are you with the company? Where are, what stage are you at at the moment? How long have you been going for? Yeah, so we are, we've been for four years. Uh, we're still quite small. We're 25 people. Uh, so, um, yeah. It's good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and we're Much like, not my company. <laughs> uh, I think I've been to like seven interviews. This trying to recruit more people and so on. So we're, I, I would say, we're in like scale up phase. Yeah. Uh, like starting this building in other countries and and a lot here in Sweden, yeah. of course. And specifically, you know, what I wanted to discuss with you is is artificial intelligence. Yeah. I mean, that is something that is uh, is certainly within the kind of like. Uh, your marketing of your product and service. And, you know, we've had discussions off camera about about that and its implications for real estate. And and it just really came together because it's something that has been a focus of um, some of our research work over, over this year. So, um, yeah, I think just to dig into that a little bit, I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, let, let's start with sort of your your company, Mace Proven's um, technology. Like, how do you... Uh, how have you used AI in your product and how are you using it to, you know, um, make uh, property 1% more efficient? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, 
our goal is to save energy for the buildings. Mm-hmm. And there in every building, uh, we would mainly work with like complex buildings, like um, shopping malls or uh, normal office, office spaces or hotels and schools and, and so on. Um, so in all of these buildings, there are lots of sen- sensors. There are like thousands of sensors. There's usually like a BMS system in, in the building. And all these sensors are connected to the BMS system. And traditionally, there has been like these manually entered rules. Like if the outside temperature is below this threshold, then the fan should spin in this uh, way or mm-hmm. so on. But the problem is that there has to be like a lot of engineers who understands the building and who does this uh, optimization and try to make everything go in the optimized way and so on. But the reality is that there is a lot of like change of weather, like wind speed and sun radiation and all kinds of, and the amount of people who are in the building and so on. And it's uh, usually the optimization that has been done manually is quite simple if you say uh, in one way i don't know if that's the right word but mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they've put in this normal like if this then that rules um, so instead they're in the data from all these sensors they're actually hidden within that data that you can realize how the optimal way to run this building would be um, so you have to we use um, ai is quite a broad topic we're especially using machine learning, uh, part of it. And uh, I don't want to bore you too much with the, all the inner details, but... Uh, That's the whole the, point uh, of this podcast. Yeah, we have the like um, supervised and unsupervised and reinforcement learning uh, and so on. And, and we're using a combination of these, uh, and especially when it comes to like reinforcement learning, then one of the big problems is that you need a lot of data. Yeah. We have a lot of data, but in this case, in the traditional data science way, we have too little data, actually. Mm. Uh, so we have to combine like domain knowledge from the building together with machine learning to make a good optimization of the building. Okay, and what would you, what would you say is domain knowledge? Give me an example of what that might be. Uh, yeah, so this comes down to a lot of like thermal effects of the building and so on. And this is the reason why we have like a lot of NG engineers and so on uh, in, in the companies and like people who have PhD in, in applied mathematics and so on. Uh, like, yeah, quite good people uh, okay. who, who sits with these uh, uh, things and make it, yeah. So sort of in my simple understanding, you're kind of, you're taking then the real data, right, from the different sensors, from the building management system, and then you're, you're creating this... Um, data using mathematical models so let's say for example the way that that uh heat is flowing through the through that space yeah you have an idea of that and you you bring those two things together yeah exactly and 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 like we can guide it also a little bit like this is a normal thing with like correlation vs causality we know that if if the heating is going up inside it's not uh it's not the room who are affecting the outside temperature, but we know that it's the outside temperature who affects the, mm. the, the mm. things. We know what direction the data is going and so on. 
So we have to guide the AI a little bit. Mm. If we were just giving it data and it was uh, to learn from a building, it would probably take like 10 years of just collecting the data. Because so you can't get enough. No, because yeah. we can't get enough. I mean, it's still big data that we're doing and we have like millions of sensors and all of this. Um, but uh, for every building, we actually build like AI models for that particular building. So every building has their own models. And, and in that it's too little data yeah. and we wanted to actually start optimizing the building uh, in like one month time. Um, so we're collecting data for one month and then we can start optimizing it. And uh, then it gets better and better and better. So it's a way of like self-learning Training. capabilities, uh, the more data that are collected and so on. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fascinating because I, in my head, then I'm also thinking, you know, no, as you said, no one building is, particularly the same depending on where like how much glass there is and where yeah. the sun's coming in and stuff so and in your where it doesn't matter so much anyway right because you could can take that into effect or at exactly. least the te- at least the software sees that yeah. as it develops and it's not only like the that the, there are different building materials but there are different like pumps and different so many i mean basically every building is unique there is not like uh, one building is looking like the other building. Mm. They're uh, really different. Mm. So, um, yeah. So within those sort of two separate parts of the business, I mean, where have you had some of the most uh, biggest challenges? Because I just want to see, like, if you look at the beer, the BMS side of it, right? I mean, again, that's to me, that's like a challenge because you've got to try and get the data out of that BMS and there are lots of different vendors and uh, yeah. it might be old or et cetera. And then also this kind of really mathematical part of it as well. Like maybe you could yeah, yeah. talk a bit about that. I think we did a quite challenging thing when we <laughs> yeah. started this. Uh, so, so we have like 10 or 15 integrations to different system, BMS systems and so on. Uh, and some of them are very modern and some are not <laughs> and so on. And, and we both had to like, we have to do three parts. Uh, we have to like be able to read out the data. We have to be able to like write set point values, pressure uh, pressures and fan speeds and so forth. And the third part is that we need a fallback solution, which means that like if we lose the internet connection or or something goes wrong or whatever, then everything reverts back to like default that it was before we came into it. So all this logic can't sit outside the building. This fallback needs to be inside the building. Since the, if the, internet, the connection goes down, it needs to like. Otherwise, equipment could actually freeze uh, and, and so on could break. Yeah. Um, so so, it's a lot of uh, so th- just all the integrations is like a major part. We have a team working with just the BMS integrations, uh, and then the AI part is uh, another <laughs> another quite challenging part. So yeah. Mm. How do you feel in general about the way that AI is sort of marketed? I mean, again, it's not it's not just prop tech, commercial real estate, is it? In general, I feel like there seems to be a disconnect, and we wrote about that in the report. That you know, it's it's being used as a marketing term now quite extensively, yeah. and like the understanding of what it is and what it isn't 
um, there seems to be a disconnect there. And what are your ex- experiences with that? Yeah, so it's quite fun actually when we do like interviews and and so on, taking in people, and we take in like data scientists or whatever, and their first question is like, okay, so what frameworks are you using or, or so on? They want to see if we're actually an AI company or not. And if you're not doing like TensorFlow or PyTorch or, or something, then you're not doing AI and so on. So, so uh, and they're like, oh, so you're, you're for real. <laughs> um, but I totally agree. There are so many like players out there, not for only the real estate, but in a lot of other fields which say they are using AI, but they basically have a, like some, it seems like they have, a, they've done a little bit of math and put in some algorithms and so on, but it's not the, what we mean with AI or machine learning. So uh, where is the line for you then? Because you mentioned there for like some of these platforms, TensorFlow, I think that's that's the Google one, isn't it? Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is is that is that where, or where would you... Where do you draw on the line between, let's say, a company that is doing AI and is not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so now I will try not to uh, complicate this. But uh, for me, it's like if you're using the gradient descent or or, or backpropagation thing, um, which means that basically from just the data that you have, that you're understanding the relationships and so forth just from the data, that you don't put in any other, like... Uh, just a moth uh, way of, of solving it and all of this is uh, like yeah, smart people back in the 70s uh, who did uh, this and it's quite I would say it's quite well structured when you're doing uh, at least in my mind and when you're using AI and, and, and not if you're using this backpropagation thing or, or not. So like backpropagation would that be an example like you know, like some of these statistical mathematical models, like Bay- Bayesian yeah, 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 yeah. inference. That is, whilst that is an algorithm, it's not, it's not really AI, right? Because it's not, it's not learning. It's just making a decision based on the statistics. Yeah. Is that sort of a, an example? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you could take any anything. If I were, if I had some kind of, a, like, say, I threw dice or whatever, and I want to predict what the what the numbers were on the on the dices and so on and i took a lot of measurements on like how exactly the surface was uh, laying out here and mm-hmm. like the wind speed and everything and so on the good part about ai and the bad part about ai is it's a l- almost like a little bit of magic uh, that you give this old data to this ai algorithms and it can actually find the behaviors and the math itself you don't give it any like i'm not telling it it's the wind speed divided by the angle of the table or whatever i just provide the data and i tell it like okay now i'm taking now the wind speed is this and i throw the dices and i let the ai decide what are going to be on the on the on the dices the numbers and if you have trained it in a good way and follow all the data science rules on how to do this then you can do a quite good prediction of, of what the numbers will actually be. Uh, so, so it's um, the bad part of of it. It's that it's a little bit of black box. There are a lot of research into explainable AI and so on. So, if something goes really wrong, uh, it's much harder than conventional to do debugging to really understand 
you need to go quite deep into it to understand what's going wrong and so on. And I guess that's where the confusion comes from, is this black box element to it, right? Okay, it's hard enough for you to understand it as a computer scientist yeah, as opposed yeah, yeah. to, you know, a commercial real estate professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if let's say you, you were then going to give some advice to one of those people, commercial real estate professional who's having to evaluate technologies like what would you say to them about ai and like how they could how they should be thinking about it and applying it or where where they would get like the most use from it i suppose yeah uh, i mean in my mind there's going to be like autonomous cars sooner or later mm. i think it takes Not some time far away, and right? um, uh, we're still Somewhere, uh, somewhere. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I think that in a lot of fields, it's going to be some companies who does this for real, and so on, and they can basically get rid of all the manual labor o- of doing this, and they're going to revolutionize each field using AI. Um, but it's going to take some time. It's not like some people think that we are very close to like a artificial general intelligence. uh, uh, I would say that we're not so close uh, yet. Um, So so everyone is doing like a narrow AI in their specific field, Mm -hmm. but they can really make it really, really, really good. Mm. But it's quite new area. And and the other problem is also like, some people think that the algorithms for the AI there are like, oh, you have to find an algorithm or someone. The problem today is that there are almost too many. Like every day or while we're sitting here, they comes up with new algorithms all the time. And they have some benefits and they have some drawbacks and so on. So you have to test a lot of different algorithms and so on. And there are a lot of people sitting in the research in this field. Um, but I think in the in, in for the real estate for, uh, uh, sector, then... It's absolutely going to be AI who controls most of the buildings. Mm. That's just a matter of time. And that's, of course, the output of your of your system, right? Is this yeah, yeah. is control of the the building management system? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. By um, fly by wire, essentially. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is, I mean, how granular does that get? I mean, are you controlling obviously the the temperature, but to do that, you're controlling the different parts of it. I mean, yeah. It gets down to the nitty-gritty details here, okay. and we're controlling like all the heating circuits and like ventilation, how fast is fan speed and pressures and all the down to the small uh, things. Yes. And what kind of results have you had with with clients? Um, so I'm going to start with our dream case scenario, <laughs> uh, of course, because it's very, uh, very, very much uh, in this field. Um, so what we really like is buildings who have like, they are connected, they have a BMS system, mm-hmm. um, some building, but uh, we mainly work with old buildings like the current, th- that are already in place. If there are like really new ones who have a VAV control and so on and a lot of good stuff and they have put in a lot of time, we can't save as much. No. Yeah. Uh, so so we, we focus on the like, what we call it, like the grey, like the normal 80% of the buildings that are out there, the normal buildings. Uh, and we save like uh, like somewhere between 10 and 20% uh, of the costs uh, of the building. And we save 
even more we say more on uh, the electricity side and uh, a little bit less on the heating side but there are also other uh, ways to uh, like there's a lot of uh, we can save a lot on the effect uh, sorry on the power <laughs> mm. um, and and uh, and so on and the, there are tariff structures which means that you can it, it's also very important when you use the energy not only how much you're using so that's a change that has more and more uh, come into the field. So if you look on the cost perspective, that's where we are best. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, it, well, this is a two-part question because with, I mean, you're using AI to build this, um, train this model to specifically look at energy in buildings. Do you see other applications? I mean, I don't know what your plans are in the future, but also just generally in the, in commercial real estate, what else do you see AI being used uh, for to optimize buildings? Yeah, so, so the power grid and uh, so what's happening here. Um, I think that we. This is just my personal belief. I, I think that um, cars and the vehicle to grid will be a good, th- uh, a very good thing, since I mentioned that the power is very important and so on mm-hmm. when you use this. And since all these cars have like are quite expensive but they have a big battery inside of them uh, you could actually steer the building much better if you can kind of like use the batteries which are in the car and together with like solar roof and and so on uh, it even gets more complicated and so on but i think that in the i don't know in the 10 years in the future or whatever then then a lot of cars are going to be electric uh, sure. and, and be in like the buildings. I think that we're going to see models which are going to be like, you are able to, p- you don't have to pay anything for parking here. If we can use your battery mm-hmm. for for using that mm-hmm. uh, for the building and, and so on. So I think that we're going to see a lot of totally different uh, ways. And I think this is really important for the heavy electricity. Uh, and you're, do- you're doing some work in that area anyway. Aren't yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. It's just the research uh, that we're doing. Uh, We have not, we're not steering any building where we control the uh, the charging for the for the cars yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are, of course, looking into it and how you can uh, do a little bit of smarter together with the with with um, with the buildings. But there are only like some car brands who support actually it's quite easy to to select how much power the the, the car should get but if you want to get out uh, of the car then there's only like Nissan Leaf and and so on and Tesla just released uh, and so on so so it's uh, we're really not there yet um, all the manufacturers of the cars have to make up their mind or which protocols they're going to you know, go well, with and yeah. so on. Uh, but the other part to it, I guess, is the relationship between the building, not just the car, but the building and the electrical grid as well. I mean, you, you again, you're partnering, you're doing some work there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have a, um, our core business is like uh, running this machine learning and optimizing. It's the um, optimization theory together with the predictive power and so on. Um but we have another project which we are running, which is called EDR, Automatic, Automatic Demand Response. Um, so there we have a lot of partners together with, with the energy producing side, together with the energy consumption side. Uh, so all the, a lot of buildings. Uh, and uh, 
Now we're uh, starting together with the CSUB, which is one of our biggest customers. We're running seven to eight buildings, uh, seven to eight schools. Uh, uh, we ha- they have a system called the Solida that we're a part of. And so, on. Um, so now we're going to control a lot more buildings uh, with uh, where there are like electric, electrical um, heating and so on. So we can shut it off uh, depending on the day and so on. So we get calls like the producing side wants us to reduce the uh, amount of usage and so mm. on. So we can shut it off, but you can't only do it in a unsmart way. You have to do it in a little bit of smarter way. Like if you know the next day that you're going to shut it off, perhaps you can heat it uh, a little bit more in the evening of the uh, day before and okay. so on. So so you can basically move when the power is being used uh, and so on. That's interesting. And that's <coughs> sorry, who was that? Who was that client? Yes, uh, okay. uh, So so they have basically all the public schools in, in Stockholm. So. Mm. No, I think that's fascinating. I mean, what do you? I mean, again, this is just a pilot project, but do you expect this this could be something potentially that you could feed into your current core product as yeah, well? Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. exactly. So we basically want to achieve like this is our second project, the ADR project. It's not. Um, we basically want to create a marketplace where we can have the demand and supply being done and so on. There are some marketplaces already there today, which are more on only the electrical side, but we are interested in doing this for the district heating and so on. So a little bit of different uh, where, where we put our resources into and so yeah. on. But of course we want to, have. it's not only Mishpunis who will be on the, um, on the response side, but we also have other uh, companies who, produces batteries and uh, and so on and that are part of this i think it's like 30 or 40 different people uh companies and so on involved in this yeah, yeah. okay yeah it's fascinating something else i wanted to ask as well you talked about um interfacing with the building management system of course um is it is it possible also to get only um other data i know you talked about um weather data that kind of stuff from external external stuff but then also like there's systems that perhaps aren't connected to the building management system um is that again useful to you do you collect that kind of stuff yeah 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 so so of course we get the weather data and it's like 18 different parameters for the weather like wind speed and if it's snowing and so on so a lot of uh, it's not only the temperature um it's a lot of different parameters for the 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 weather um we get one thing that seems like trivial, but uh, of course the time of the day and so on is really important and sure. it's going to find behaviors of like a building when people get in and get out and, and so on. Uh, and we have like, uh, usually to have a good indoor climate, um, you need to measure like the uh, carbon dioxide uh, and so on. Uh, and there are usually like temperature sensors in the building, but if there's something which is usually missing, it's the carbon dioxide sensors. Mm, yeah. Uh, so we we can add them uh, there. We're not doing it. We're more of a math company, so we're not. Uh, uh, yeah, installers or anything. CO2 but 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 we have partners. Yeah. Uh, who who does this? And the good thing is that we have this uh, wireless, uh, and so on. And instead of going there traditionally with a with an electrician has to go into uh, the backnet lines or or, or um, and so on and do all this th- uh, hardware thing we can basically have a guy coming there with a backpack 
and he just put up these wireless sensors and we have an API connection to them and read out all this data and we actually send it back to their BMS. So from the customer perspective, it looks like all the sensors are connected to the BMS. Okay. But we actually at the point where we are sending all the normal where we're controlling the set point, we actually send all the values for the, all the sensors as well. So Okay, so they're like on a separate wireless network that then yeah. goes to you yeah. and then goes yeah. back yeah. into the And it's much okay. cheaper to do oh, it yeah. in that. Uh, yeah. Then, yeah. Mm. yeah. No, I think it's um, it's br- it's brilliant. I one of, then one of the other things that uh, was interesting as well, or I wanted to ask about, like the data side of it as well. I mean, you mentioned okay that you're not getting as much yeah, data yeah. as you want, like to build these like massive models, but you're still getting a lot of data. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. how how do you deal with it? How do you take that data, like uh, take it out, store it, um, where? I guess is it? I mean, and yeah, yep. yeah, yep. it would be interesting to hear that. Uh, so we're using Azure, um, and we have like clusters. We're using something called Ray for for Python. We we have selected like .NET for all the coding language for all the okay. integrations, and, and so on. And the Python is as the, the AI language. Python, okay. And then uh, Azure is the Microsoft Cloud. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah Microsoft Cloud. Uh, and there we have like clusters uh, where all the calculations is be done and so on. Um, since this is quite compute intensive we need to have like graphics cards for making all the calculations it's not enough to run it on normal cpus uh, but the good thing is that they provide this and you can basically it auto scales and so on right. so um just when we sit here i don't know how many computers but it's a lot of computers who just after goes up and downs and so on depending on how much that are being needed right now uh, we're controlling the building every building every 15 minute uh, and but there's a lot of calculations, of course, right. <laughs> being done. So you say the control every 15 minutes, yeah, like writing to the BMS to yep. tell it to do something every yep. 15 minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 24 hours uh, a day, uh, every 15 minutes, uh, we do that uh, thing. So and the data you have some kind of um, database. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's in the cloud as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, so we store all the data and so on, but we, are of course, in the agreement with them, we are not allowed to give it out to anyone else or mm. and so on. Um, but it's uh, we need the data for being able to train and and so on. Well, I was so going to ask that because because actually, you I suppose in some ways you really want to aggregate all of these different buildings to create your model, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But the, but uh, it's very important for that each building is very separate. We can, of course, learn stuff from a lot of buildings and so on, like Tesla does with uh, like their their army of uh, <laughs> vehicles. Mm. They can learn from, from that one, but it's... Um, I, I would say that the cars are more alike, if you see what I mean, but buildings are much more different mm. from each other. Uh, so we need to, to do special yeah, models for every building. And then we have like hyperparameter tuning jobs, which goes around and and like we have actually coded several different types of AI algorithms that we are using. We have like LSTM and attention-based models and so forth. Uh, and then we have like hyperparameter tuning jobs, which selects which algorithm is best for this particular building. And it, uh, what we can see is that. When we start a building in the beginning, when we have not collected so much data, it's usually selecting some algorithms which are 
better for less data. Um, and then, which is usually like more simpler linear uh, algorithms, and then switches to like time-based uh, models once it has more data and so on. And all this is being done automatically. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Something else as well with, I mean, you, your background is maths, computer science. Yeah. I mean, when did you decide that buildings was going to be the, 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 the problem that you were going to tackle? Yeah, so, so I actually, I never worked with buildings earlier. So, so I, I um, it was um, me and uh, my uh, my partner in crime, <laughs> a co-founder uh, Anders Kallebo, who started this company. And Anders comes from a background in okay. in, in buildings and have worked with uh, energy efficiency solutions his, his whole career. Uh, I actually came from financial sector uh, earlier, so I was using like machine learning for fraud detections instead. Uh, so quite different, uh, but the algorithms are similar. similar but it goes so fast what happens in the AI space. So those algorithms that were cutting edge back then uh, are simple algorithms today. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, I would say it's much more advanced than it was back then. And, you know, with your perspective, like what was it like coming into the, the building technology space i mean i guess this is probably another podcast in itself, <laughs> i mean are there things that you think like i can't believe that it's done this way yeah. and like why have you not changed this and yeah, yeah a lot uh i think we have been quite lucky that we were actually starting the company and so on in a in a period where the real estate f- sector have almost like realized that they were a little bit behind other sectors and so on um so there was uh, some parts which I was like, these are stuff which were done in the 70s. <laughs> like, uh, sorry? Like what? I mean, the Modbus protocol, or if we say something like that, or, or um, some of the BMS that I've looked into is, yeah, it's very strange. Um, but uh, that's just a reality. And they have been some of the BMS systems, they have been running for 30 years and so on. And uh, we are doing, uh, we want to work with all kinds of buildings. We have to make an integration to an old system. And it could be like a protocol which says like 3FFC, then that means this thing. Mm. (laughs) And today uh, every API is more like, more structured and more easy to use and so on. But Mm. we just have to make it work. Uh, So, so... uh, uh, and I'm you perhaps more used to sectors where like they're more cutting edge and and something comes out uh, which is new, everyone jumps on board on that okay. one and so on. But here it's more like yeah. okay, the standardization. But is is that apply not just to the equipment but like basically the the data? Right, there's not really much standardization around yeah. data either, is there? Uh, no, but we, we uh, here in Sweden at least we have a quite good. Uh, nomenclature or whatever it's called um, and so on so so uh, um, but it's not the same everywhere and there are some standards that's coming out but uh, of course the problem with the standard is that there's going to be another standard and so on and it has to be the big players who basically s- sits down and says this is the standard that we're going to go with mm-hmm. especially for the big BMS companies like the big four uh, Schneider, Siemens, Honeywell, Johnson Control and so on. Um, but today, it's not really a 
one standard fits mm. everything yet. Do you? I mean, a great point, and you mentioned some of the bigger companies there. Do you? But do you also feel like there is, let's say, influence power in other areas as well, like. And you, some of the you know owners, operators of buildings, are they becoming more technology savvy, and then sort of pushing, yeah, putting yeah. downward pressure on some of these vendors? Yeah, I mean, there, there's an even a field called prop tech today. Uh, I mean, there are lots of new innovation that's coming, and so on. And I think if I see what the real estate companies are doing they're really keen on searching for the, uh, the new stuff mm. today. So they are kind of like hunting, hunting, hunting for new stuff and they want to make it a much more better sector and more modern and, and reap all the, all the good stuff that are out there. So, um, but it's just that it has been traditionally a little bit behind, but it's going extremely fast right now, I would mm. say. Mm. Something as well I, I've often written about or like you know see discussions about it and you know this it ot information operational technology clash right you know building automation being in the ot realm i think one of the things that we see is like this skill level and again kind of we talked off camera about that like you're trying to recruit people as well i'm sure a lot of people are is it just is that something that's holding back technology in, in buildings not being able to get enough um, engineers yeah yeah and and like if, if I talk with a, a data scientist or a normal developer or whatever <laughs> then most people still don't know like the real estate firm is uh, real estate sector is using like 40% of the energy in the world mm. and so on so they get like amazed and like oh why are there not more companies doing this and so on and and we were also talking about a little bit earlier about like the hype and and so on so if you go out and just search on google or for like energy efficiency ai and buildings and so on you're gonna find like thousands and thousands of hits but really there are like five companies in the world who does ai for buildings so it's it's ridiculous for real right yeah yeah, yeah. so it's it, it's very uh the the, the Perhaps a little bit the marketing is a little bit ahead of <laughs> and so on. And there are lots of, of uh, companies doing like dashboards that they can visualize the data and so on. But what's really separating and making it a good solution, I would argue, is like um, get away of the man in the middle, uh, like having the actual system control the building instead. Mm. Uh, not that you should look on all these dashboards and so on and realize and then go in and make uh, manual changes. So, so, um, but um, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. No, it's a great point, isn't it? It's great to be able to see the data, visualize it, but you've still got to do something with it. And I, ideally, well, the, the best way is to automate the whole process, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what are, what, are you, what are your plans as a company for the next couple of years? So um, the next year is basically internationalization. Um, we've already started it uh, <laughs> a little bit early, um, mm. but that's our our main plan. Uh, and of course, a lot of recruitment. We want to. We have basically doubled the size of the company uh, in all ways every year. We want to keep on doing that, and 
run a lot of buildings. And that's the way to make a big impact and save a lot of money for the, the state and also doing something good for the world. Yeah. So, so yeah. And like an ideal client for you would be somebody, well, we also mentioned it before, right? So like older building stock or a mix of building stock. And I guess anyone with a lot of buildings, like the more buildings, the more money they can save. Yeah. And it, it, it can always also be like a really complex building with a lot of... Uh, uh, things and uh, or using heating and cooling is always good because then we can make them only go one or uh, yeah and so on so we can optimize it more the the worst be- uh, there is the, <laughs> the one with the yeah, better the is better to, to right, yeah, yeah s- then there's potential to save more energy and the better the more modern they are um, we can usually save less uh, on, on those. So, uh, but the the majority of the buildings are uh, like eighty percent of them yeah. are, are, are in Within, our target spots. Yeah, right. Great. I mean, anything else that you wanted to mention, talk about? Of course, if you're listening on this and you're a developer, give me a call. Yeah, definitely. Uh, or engineer engineer, or or interested in this field and so on, and uh, also like. If you just want to have a chat about this, then reach out. It's yeah, fun. And we'll we'll put a link to the to your website in the, in the description of the video for sure. Yeah, and of course, if um, you're an owner of real estate and want to save some uh, some energy, yeah, yeah. then uh, come to us. But like, I think you you know you make a good point, right? I mean, in terms of impact, I guess with with engineers, that is also something you know that some will consider about like. There is an opportunity here to really, you know, impact um, uh, on climate change. We and now we've got some very lofty kind of climate change goals to reach, and I think buildings going to have to be a part of, have to be a part of the solution. Then they can't be part of the problem. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there are lots. I mean, I think that we have just like gone on the surface of what we can do. Uh, we could probably save a lot more and so on. Um, and, and there are so many ideas and so little time <laughs> uh, and so on. So so uh, this is just the start uh, of all the things that you can do with a computer uh, and so on. And, and the, the, the second thing is like the tariff structures. Like let's imagine that you have a, a server room, for example, in, 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 a, in a building and you can have an interval of how what what is the good indoor climate on the server room, um, like perhaps it's going I don't know exactly, but fifteen to twenty two degrees or whatever you have, and the right way to steer the building uh, in most times uh, during the summer it's probably that it's on the uh, the warmer side, close to the top. Mm-hmm. But but um, uh, you actually get paid for for district cooling during winter. So the and their sh- the tariff structure is, t- is in a weird way of like on suddenly one day it just switches uh, from costing a lot to mm. uh, so the right structure the right way to optimize the building is suddenly to use as much cooling as possible in this room and so on and the problem here is like all the way all the, the traditional way of like having people doing this manually there's no one having time to 
change the whole building, how it's going to behave and so on, depending on like a, a new tariff structure or, or whatever. And there's basically no way in competing with a computer. Um, yeah, so, so an so, obvious problem. So, so I th- just, I see it as, in, in my mind, this is going to be like, uh, yeah, there's, it has absolutely has to be computers who, d- who does this uh, thing. And more the most efficient way. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Great. Look, Johan, thank you f- for sparing the time today. Really appreciate it. Great conversation. And um, of course, wish you luck with the business. I'm sure it's going to go great. Oh, thank you. And thank you very much that I could come here. Thanks again. <laughs>